If you're an entrepreneur, you know what it means to take personal and financial risks, create jobs that support your community, and devote most of your time to your business. But do you know how to plan for a successful exit from your business? Do you know who should be involved in creating your succession or transition plan and the steps along the way? Welcome to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. The podcast theme is inspired by critically acclaimed business author, Bo Burlingham, author of Finish Big, how great entrepreneurs exit their companies on top. In this podcast, you'll hear success stories of exit plans done right and pick up practical tips based on years of legacy business advisors' expertise and knowledge about the largest and most important financial transaction of your life. Now, on to the show. Hello, this is Mark Dorman, your host of the Finish Big Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I am very excited to be joined by a friend and a very successful business person, Brian D. Gale. Let me tell you a little bit about Brian. Brian Gale is a builder of businesses. Throughout his career, he's been an advisor, executive owner, an investor, and a board member. So listen up. Each time growing the enterprises he served or led, he successfully grew a company organically and via acquisition in a competitive business environment. A private equity executive once said of Brian, he saw an opportunity, developed a strategy, and executed it. That's tough to do, he said. He brings significant mergers and acquisitions experience, identifying targets, executing deals, and effectively integrating the newly acquired business. He has a proven track record of doing this successfully over and over again. He is known as a personable executive, hard to find these days, with an excellent reputation by both colleagues, suppliers, peers, and competitors alike. Brian recently successfully grew ID Images based in Brunswick, Ohio, from one location doing $10 million in revenue, it's a label manufacturer, into multiple locations doing $100 million in revenue and leading its industry. During his tenure as chairman and CEO, he expanded IDI, ID Images, by completing 11 acquisitions. He currently serves on the boards of three middle market private companies, a startup business in the battery and technology space, a manufacturer of highly engineered products, and a provider of building automation products as well. He's also an active board member on a nonprofit marketer offering insurance products and solutions to members of the military community. Brian earned his MBA in 2002 from the University of Chicago's Booth School of Management in business. His multi-department focus led to concentrations in finance, entrepreneurship, managerial, and organizational strategy. He graduated with an AB in economics from Harvard University in 1996. He also holds a chartered financial analyst or CFA designation. Brian's also certified as a Six Sigma Green Belt through the Villanova University and completed work in lean education through the University of Akron. Brian resides in Bay Village, a community just west of Cleveland, Ohio, with his wife, Kelly, and their son, Logan. My friend, Brian Gale, I got to catch my breath after that, pal. Welcome to Finish Big. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, I am excited. Uh, As I was preparing for our show today, I thought, man, this is the guy that just brings it all together. You know, Finish Big, just to give you a little bit of background and remind our listeners, is all about entrepreneurs that exit their business on top and really people that help them do that, right? It's really helping to uncover in 
yeah, you know, become vulnerable with what you would do differently, who helped you, who should you have had help you, etc. So when I looked at your bio, I mean, you've touched everything on there. I'm sure you've got some skeletons or some failures we all have. But what I like about what I just read there, it's a little bit of M&A, a little bit of Six Sigma, helping others with their businesses, successfully growing and exiting yours. So tell us about yourself, Brian. How did you get started? I mean, you went to a number of great schools, but walk us through when you graduated from Harvard or perhaps the Chicago Booth School of Business and and where your path took you, led you to, from there. Sure. Um, well, I graduated from Harvard. I went into investment banking, a very common path for Ivy League graduates. Mine was a little unique. I was at a boutique investment bank in Columbus, Ohio. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a lot of good friends, good memories, learned a lot and got to expose to a lot of different businesses. Um, I, honestly, I thought I'd be doing it for a long time. Uh, 1998, I was newly married. Uh, the firm I worked for uh, merged with another firm. And despite the fact that every metric you could come up with, our group, our investment banking group was more profitable than theirs, uh, they put their guys in charge. Uh, it was I was part of a bank uh, bank conglomerate. And when that happened, I came home again, newly married, kind of egotistical, told my wife if corporate America is not a meritocracy, I need to figure a way out. Hmm. Uh, and it became very clear, you know, my boss was going to leave, my boss's boss was going to leave, they all left. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wasn't ready to go to business school. I'd been only out of school two years. So I took a job at Putnam Investments on the buy side as an equity analyst. And, and again, I enjoyed it, but I realized I didn't want to be just a finance guy for the rest of my life. I wanted to do something more. Uh, and then probably the bent to have a product came uh, from the fact my dad was a, an accountant. He had a nice accounting practice, nice business, but it was obvious, you know, his clients wanted him. So it was, it was very challenging for him to scale that business. And I didn't want to be in a business where it was only me, right? It was me the clients wanted. Um, so I decided to go to business school fully intent on changing careers. Um, got into the University of Chicago, loved it, had an opportunity to go work for Bain & Company, consulting firm in Boston. Did that for my summer between my two years. And then they offered me a job. So I took a job at Bain for when I graduated. So I was gonna have a great second year of business school. I already had a job, got a signing bonus, life was good. Sometime in the early, late, early spring, uh, Bain called and you know we had set our start dates. I was supposed to start in July. Uh, so graduating June, take a few weeks off, move to Boston, start work. They delayed and our you, And you were married at this time? I was married, yes. Yeah, yeah. Any and, children? Uh, no kids. Okay. Not, not yet. And uh, Bain delayed... I'll, I'm getting the sequence wrong, so bear with me. A gentleman I had consulted for for free uh, when I was a lowly investment banker had started a business. He was a family friend. Uh, he'd started a business that had become ID Images. Had ca he called me and said, hey, uh, remember that business you helped me finance? I'm like, well, I really didn't do anything. I looked at term sheets, right? You raised some venture capital. So I got it off the ground. I need a succession plan. That's great, Dick. How about, he's like, what does that mean to me? He's like, how about you? Labels, packaging, I'm good, thanks. I've got a job at Bain. Uh, as luck would have it, or as God works in mysterious ways, whatever you want to believe, Bain called me that week and said they were delaying start dates because of the recession. Okay, what do I do? I've got student loans. I'm ready to work. I'm driving my wife crazy. You know, we we're going to move to Boston. I need to do something. So I called him <laughs> back, said, hey, remember, you know, we talked Tuesday, it's Thursday. And I said, no, well, how about I come consult for you for a while and see if... We like working together. That's a great idea. So I did. So I spent the summer of 2002 
uh, and a little longer. So I probably spent out of 12, 13 weeks with them and absolutely loved it. It was a small business, you know, 25 people uh, doing labels and very entrepreneurial, very, very entrepreneurial. much walk in, look everyone in the eye, know everybody, et cetera. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. Went back and uh, worked at Bain and learned a lot. And I knew I wasn't going to stay long, uh, but we worked out a deal where I joined them a year later. So I spent a year at Bain, uh, then joined ID Images full time uh, in October of 2003 uh, with the plan I'd be a significant minority owner and uh, eventually be the president and CEO of the business. So we flash forward to 2005. He mm -hmm. says, congratulations, you're the president. I just want to be consultant and big decision. So anytime you're going to spend over 50 grand, just let me know and we'll talk about it. Great. So wow. things are great. So right, I'm 31 years old at the time. I'm running a business. Um, when I joined, I was employee 29, probably in 05. We probably had about 40 or 45 people. And uh, things were great. That goes on for about a year. And then he gets bored. Uh, he gets back involved in the business. And I owned, and at the time, I owned 15, 20% of the business. Um, and we had different styles and we had different goals, right? We were a small business at the time, you know, probably doing seven, five, seven million in revenue. You know, he was in his 60s and wanted cash. I was 30, wanted to grow the business. Most small businesses, right? You can't afford to do both. And yeah. if you try to do both, right? You potentially bankrupt yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so to his credit, he sat me down and said, hey, it's not you. I thought I could retire. I've worked my entire life. You know, I've got 90% of my net worth tied up in this business. I'm not going to go away. It's like, how about you buy me out? I'm like, I'd love to. Uh, so we worked on a deal mm -hmm. and I bought him out. We closed June 4th of 2007. Mm -hmm. um, by July of 2007, the world had changed dramatically, particularly dramatically. in the, the financial yeah. side. Yeah. So let me just, um, just put, maybe pause right there. So in, yeah. in, 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 when you bought him out, was that uh, bank financing? Some uh, so I had bank financing, sub-debt, and then some mm -hmm. friends and family equity. So I, I had a, a, an investment bank uh, in Cleveland, Brummel Capital, helped me raise money. Mm -hmm. uh, so the vast majority came from my wife, Kelly Me, though, the equity mm -hmm. came from uh, Kelly and me. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my family invested. And I had two, what I would call family offices in Cleveland yeah. that, that I knew were the equity. Uh, then we raised professional sub-debt. And then we had bank financing as well. Yeah, but I mean, but a guy like you with your uh, your education and your professional background, even at 31 years old, I mean, you'd be a pretty good horse to bet on, right? I mean, pretty good uh, odds that uh, this isn't, uh, you know, Larry Curley and Mo that's buying this business. Well, thank you. And and certainly that helped, um, I think. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. That that certainly uh, helped raise equity and, and raise the sub-debt. Uh, so, so, so this is two, Jan, June 4th, 2007. And then yep. boom, the financial crisis hits. And yep. now you own this business. You've got bank financing, mezzanine financing. You've got your friends and family involved and you're yep. thinking what in the world have I just done? Right. Uh, it was a harrowing experience. Um, in hindsight, I wouldn't change it. I know one of the questions, what would you change? You know, we're all victims, products of our circumstances. Sure. Um, and I was fortunate that I had really good partners and we made a commitment. We weren't going to cut anything unless we started losing money and went cash flow negative. And we never went cash flow negative. In Mar in February of 09, our revenues were down 44% year over year. Wow. We lost a couple hundred dollars in earnings, but our EBITDA was positive. So our cash flow was still positive. And to their credit, they stuck with me. They, I had a plan, right? I told them I've got the plan. If, if things go haywire and we yeah, start I losing money, I can't, I can't control the global economy here, guys, right? right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, but they stuck with me and, you know, we bounced back faster. So we actually made our first acquisition in September of 09. So we invested more, we doubled down essentially before, you know, the world came back. Yeah. We yeah. started investing again. So that timeline is when you bought the business from Dick, revenue was like seven or 8 million or thereabouts. And then yeah. it, 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 at the beginning of the financial crisis or at the, at the, at the peak or the bottom of the financial crisis, what was your revenue then? The run rate. So when I bought them, I'll use round terms. When I bought them, the run rate was probably about 15 million mm -hmm. during the financial crisis. I think it, the lowest run rate went down to about 10. Mm -hmm. So down a third. Mm -hmm. But yet you still have so much belief in your plan and yourself that through it all, you remained cash flow positive, as you mentioned, and you still have your eye out on for acquisitions yep. because that would probably for our, a lot of our listeners think, what is this guy thinking? Right? Well, and you and I have talked about it because you're an entrepreneur, right? When you're young and dumb, you really don't know what yeah. you don't know, right? <laughs> right and you, right. you take those risks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always I even tell my kids today, Brian, I'm like, look, you know, before you have any kids, I mean, my oldest son's 30, 31, just like you, uh, uh, yep. my middle son. And so I'm like, you can afford to make mistakes when yep. you're young, but once you got, you know, I, once you got, you know, four kids tucked in at night, you're like, your, your mindset changes quite a bit. A right? Absolutely. I 100% I agree with you is take those risks before you establish a lifestyle, right. Correct. And, and yeah, commitments. good point. Good point there. Good point. So, yeah. so uh, you came out of the financial crisis. Talk to us about your first acquisition. How did you find it? How large was that? And these are bolt-on acquisitions, I yeah, assume. The first one was a bolt-on. So historically at that time, ID Images, we were known for doing long run label jobs. So okay. So give yeah, us, give us our listeners an example. What, yeah. what, what does that look like? So think of, you know, a million labels and more big label jobs. So, and at the time we did a lot of shipping logistics, warehouse labels so think of a big shipping somebody shipping a lot of product we do the blank labels for them they put your address on it mm -hmm. so we'd run millions and millions at a time mm -hmm. one of the challenges we had during the financial crisis was people wanted less inventory so we had to do smaller orders we were not good at it we didn't have the equipment the mindsets the culture the systems to run small jobs we just weren't yeah. good at it yeah. and you know i talked to vendors, suppliers, customers, everybody I could about acquisitions. And our, our first acquisition came through one of our suppliers. Mm -hmm. uh, and she told me, say, hey, if you're interested in acquisitions, there's a, I think there's a small company in Cincinnati might be for sale. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote him a letter, yeah. an actual letter, not an email, yeah. put it in the mail, said I'd follow up with a phone call. Uh, and then I called him, I said, I'll call you on, we bought him in September of 09. So it's probably June of 09. I'll call you on June 10th, 2009. Yeah. And I did. And yeah, they were imagine, surprised. Imagine that you did, right? So <laughs> well, I mean, just, just, were, just, just let's pause there. I want to yeah. just go a little bit deeper there, if you don't mind. So this company in Cincinnati, yep. what were their circumstances? Was it a, so, a, a, a an aging owner that said, I don't have a succession plan? It was two brothers who had founded the business. Great guys. Um, one of them had health issues. And unfortunately, he passed away a few years after. And the other brother stayed with me through the end. He was there till I sold in 2000, July 21. Um, really good guy. He became a close friend. We still text and talk. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they when Dan, the older brother, developed some health issues, uh, Larry did not want to double down and buy him out. And you know, he was probably in his fifties, 
didn't want to do it. So they needed a succession plan. So yes, I became essentially the succession plan. Awesome. So how large was that first acquisition in terms of revenue? Uh, They were doing a little less than a million dollars in revenue. Okay. So you're talking like a micro business, right? Yeah. But I mean, a good place for you to, you know, as a young guy to kind of practice. It was a good place to practice and had one of the learnings. Um, Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, uh, Larry came to work for us and it worked out really well. In the future, so did he become part of your like your management team? He became a sales guy. Okay, okay. And and there were some rough moments because he was used to running his own show. And sure, sure. Um, there were sure there were things we both said to each other we'd regret, but mm-hmm. you know, we still are friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us as a business, we I thought, oh, I can work with other owners really easily. And you know, Larry was a unique character. He fit in well, and and we got along well. Um, one of the mistakes I made in the future was keeping some owners around. Uh, when I bought them that I should not have kept around. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's one of your, I wouldn't do that again. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when you buy my business, you probably want me to stay on for six months or less. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was acquisition yeah. one I, in your bio. And we're listening today to Brian Gale. Brian's a board member, consultant and investor, Northeast Ohio guy who extremely well-educated folks but really has a high level of entrepreneurial drive. And this is just a great story. So let's get back to it. So that was your first acquisition. 10 more came. Give us kind of a the Reader's Digest version of sure. that journey, journey, yeah. journey please. Um, so we the, the segment of the label business we were in required scale to compete. Um, it was consolidating, right? If you, if you think about what's happened in the world over the last 30 years, the big users of the labels are consumer packaged goods companies, beverage companies, health and beauty companies, and shipping companies. Mm-hmm. What's happened over the last 30 years, right? Kraft Heinz are now the same company. Yep. So you, there's been a lot of consolidation for the customers. So I thought, uh, particularly in the segments we were in, we need scale to compete. So how do you do that? You either open new locations or make acquisitions. And we did a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. For the acquisitions, we were looking for you know, geographic expansion, better ship, right? We're shipping a heavy product, costs a lot to ship. The closer we can get to customers, the, the better off we are. Capabilities. Uh, so do they do some product or have some technology we don't have? Yeah, so if I'm, making a mil- if I'm making a million labels and I've got to ship them to uh, Phoenix, it'd be great if I had a plant close by, my exactly. margins would go way exactly. up, right? So that's yeah. exactly what we did. And we follow, and we follow customers it. across the country. Um, and then finally, acquiring talent. Uh, you know, one of the challenges... Labels get lumped in the printing industry. The mm-hmm. printing industry is, quote, dying. And segments of the printing industry are very challenged. Labels were not, but it was very hard to attract young, smart people. Wait, label business? Uh, I don't want to be in printing. It sounds um, like you when you were first approached, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. But it is, it's a great business. It's still growing this day. It's a great industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so were what were the size of each one of these bolt-on acquisitions they, was there some that you just said yeah this is a bit too big for me to swallow yeah there were some i looked at that i didn't feel comfortable making that bet you know in hindsight the way things worked out i would have bet bigger i don't have any regrets but i would have certainly bet bigger the way it worked out because like i said the industry thrived uh and and we did as well so I'm a deal guy by nature, right? I started out in investment banking. So yeah, I yeah. love buying businesses. So we sure. got to the point at it's the, the end. the thrill of the chase, right, Brian? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I gotcha, yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to do all the hard work. Once we got bigger, you know, the first few, I was very involved in the integration. Once we got bigger, we had a, a my management team did that. And, and I like to joke, if I did 
if I kept that IDM, which is a, was doing small acquisitions, I would end up dead and it would have been either my wife or the management team that killed me or a combination of them colluding because they got stuck with all the work, right? Yeah. I was gone chasing these little businesses. My management team got stuck doing all the integration work and the due yeah. diligence work and they weren't going to move the needle. So our last couple acquisitions in 2020. So let me just, just expound large. on that a little yeah. bit. I mean, because for a young guy, can I ask how old are you now? I turned 49 last week. All right. I mean, this is just an incredible story. Thank you so much for being unfinished big, but you quickly were smart enough to elevate yourself to this CEO chairman role where you were more on the strategic looking down the road, looking for the next good opportunity to scale this business. Yep. Your management team was, you're pitching them these deals saying, figure it out, figure it out. Oh, by the way, keep our quality up, grow our sales, et cetera. Is that, is that about how it went? That is exactly how it went. And they probably say have a few curse words I added into what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care what you think, just yeah. get it done. But I mean, so how yeah. big was your management team kind of uh, at the peak, so to speak? So your yeah, inner circle, had, if you close the door, yep. how many folks are in the room? Four key people. Four. Okay. And what were their what were their titles? Director of operations. So ran all the manufacturing, director of sales and marketing, director of human resources, then the uh, director of IT and accounting. Mm-hmm. That's great. And uh, just one of the things that we talk about in our business professionally with legacy business advisors is retaining senior management talent mm -hmm. without giving them equity. So not not to get too personal, but did yeah. they have equity in the they business? They did. They did. Okay. They did. Actual it's, equity or synthetic equity? It was synthetic equity. Okay. Um, okay. And they all got very large checks yeah. when I sold. Yeah. Good. And Good uh, I had a few legacy people that had been part of the management team when I bought the business that had equity as well and a couple of salespeople. When I told them all their numbers, um, a few let out explosives of joy, a few thanked me profusely and a few cried. I couldn't uh, believe it, yeah. Very yeah. proud of that. And then um, I also gave every employee a bonus from the people we had just purchased in 2020. One of my proudest moments, the, I have, uh, when I bought the, the original ID images in 2007, there were 59 of us, 29 remained with me 14 years later when I sold wow. it, which for a manufacturing business, it's, it's, it's pretty good, I think. Unheard of, yeah. And Unheard I gave, of. those people got a special bonus. And uh, and I love telling the story. I gave uh, our maintenance guy, and he is what you think of as a maintenance guy, drives mm -hmm. an F-350. Mm -hmm. He's always dirty. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with F-350, brother. That. No, he's a great, he's just the typical maintenance, but great guy. In Medina County friend. in Ohio, that's kind of par for the course. Yes, it is. Know. Right. And uh, And I called him into my office and gave him his bonus. Wow. And he cried and I cried. I didn't even tell him the story of this day. It's probably the happiest moment I had of the sale is like, wow, this is changing my family's life. And wow. it was a substantial amount of money. Um, I mean, five figures, six figures. It was in the five. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. 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 So we, we've got a limited amount of time yeah. here, but, and I want to, could go on and on with you all day, man. But <laughs> so one of the things, so, so kind of check that box. We talk about key employee retention, retaining yep. and incenting, and aligning your senior management team. You're a big believer in that. I could Absolutely. obviously you demonstrate that. Did you have a board of advisors? I did. So when okay. I first bought the business, I had a board. I had the outside investors. Mm -hmm. I bought all of them out by 2012. And then you I kept the board, a sounding board. I kept people the to talk I, to. I recruited a board of advisors um, that I thought filled a need I might have. So I had an operations person had a sales and marketing person, had an industry person, uh, had a private equity person. 
mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I, who I thought would be a logical uh, buyer of the business at some point. Um, so tried to fill the gap of, of what I thought I could get help with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how often would you meet? Uh, great question. Originally quarterly, then a couple of guys moved away. So we, it, it kind of changed to more of as needed over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you and I were thinking about doing some business with each other. And I got an email saying, Oh, I can't talk to you anymore. I'm, I'm busy. I might be keep it down on the down low yeah. mark selling my business. So was that planned? No. Um, so you, you so, didn't really plan at 47 that, Hey, I want out of here. You were so, continuing to grow. No, I was continuing to grow. Like I said, in 2020, I made three acquisitions during COVID and was ready to grow the bit, ready to continue growing the business. Um, in December of 20, uh, Soul Source Capital is a firm that bought ID images and they're great people and have done very well with the business and could go on and on about that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. They approached me. I said, thanks. I'm not interested. I said, well, can we keep in touch? And we had a nice conversation and, and they clearly knew a little bit about our business and knew a little bit about the industry and said, can we keep in touch? I said, sure. In March of 2020, uh, 21, excuse me, they bought my biggest customer. Okay. I better pay attention to these guys. Just give them some respect and and listen and so I engaged an investment banker. So you're just, you're seeing the consolidation yeah. in your industry at your level of companies, just like you referred to earlier in the exactly. episode, right? Yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, so I engaged an investment banker contingency only that I did some work with in the past mm-hmm. uh, and, and told him what I wanted. And I was very candid. And that was, that was one you know, question I would advise anybody who's thinking of selling, know exactly what you want. So I knew can you be a little bit more specific? Is that, is it not, a, it's not just about money. No, it's not. It's yeah, usually it's, not. That's usually not number one, right? I mean, Bo Burlingham writes in the book, finish yeah. pig. There's a lot of people that got paid a lot and they're unhappy. So what was, the, what go through the list real quick of what did you want? Sure. So I, it's, and, and I agree with you. It's probably not in order, but it's easier for me to talk about it this way. Yeah. Cause it's the way I want a fair valuation and I want to get paid for the acquisitions I made in 2020. I did not want to roll a penny. I wanted all cash. I wanted to be out. So no earn out, no nothing. Mm. Uh, I wanted the deal to happen quickly as and not be disruptive, uh, to as be the least disruptive possible to the business. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to leave. Um, I did want to stay. I, I would consult, but I did not want to be the CEO and work for somebody. So you wanted all your money up front. You wanted to be paid for the acquisitions you just made, even though you probably didn't even ingest them yet, right? Yeah. And you didn't want to be there anymore because you know how frustrating that can be, particularly yep. for a leader like you. And, but you were willing to consult, right? And you wanted to yes. be done fast. I mean, this is something that I know firsthand is when these things drag on, it just is emotional. Time kills deals, right? yes. Yeah, time kills deals. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So you weren't, so you, you hired the investment banker. You said, this is what I want. And did they laugh at you? My banker did. He's like, you realize they're going to say no to this. And I said, that's fine, Kevin. If they say no, we don't do the deal. I'm fine. He I don't need back. to go anywhere, right? Yes, I don't exactly. need to leave, right? Yeah. yeah. He kind of said, well, they said yes to everything. So now you got to spend a little bit of money. So we did our own quality of earnings and did our own pro formas on the acquisition. Say, here's what this business will look like. Mm-hmm. So we were prepared. So in, in a nutshell, we, we sent them all the information June 24th of 2021. Kevin Mayer, my banker, talked to him June 25th. 
They sent us a letter of intent June 26th, went back and oh. forth. We signed it June 30th, closed July 30th, 2021. So 30 oh days after we gosh. signed the other one. That's like epic. It was insane. Did you just walk into your house and just drop the mic? <laughs> That was a mic drop moment yes. there, right? We've had a couple of those on this show, but yeah. uh, I mean, that is, that is just crazy. So just as we, as we seek to conclude here, what advice would you have for existing owners who are looking to exit? So do plan. So it's, I wasn't planning on selling it, but we were uh, this ready. Is, this, is, this is a layup. Work with firms like mine yes. and other exit planners around Talk, the country, right? <laughs> and no, in all honesty, have strong advisors. I, wow. I had an investment banker. I had an investment banking background, but having somebody who's been through the process, that's experience, um, ha- definitely have good legal advice. Yeah. Um, and, and the big advice I have is make sure that your advisors compliment you. It was my baby. I was aggressive. I would fight. Yeah. I had a lawyer and a banker who were much more subdued and some might say more professional than I was. <laughs> um, you know, if you're a bulldog, find somebody who's not. You need At a couple of sheepdogs, right? You, yes. need, you need a couple of golden doodles and, on your right. side, right? And if you're more passive, you need the fighter in your corner. So gotcha. I like it, that. I like you that. Know, it gets to you know the emotional intelligence thing. Find somebody who compliments you. And you know, bring something different to the table than you do. Um, yeah, that's 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 fantastic. This has been great. I really appreciate. It. I'd love to have you on again. I know you're sitting on the. Just as, as we conclude here, tell us a little bit about. Uh, you seem to really be a person that enjoys giving back and kind of paying it forward, if you will. You're serving on a bunch of different boards. You enjoy that work. Absolutely, it's so fun to be involved. So my latest venture is uh, I was part of the group that bought Mally's chocolates here in Cleveland okay. and I'm the board chair and I'm helping consults, you know, kind of the management transition from the, the family to, I hate to say professional because the family was professional, but to an yep. outside management. Maybe I that's understand. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that business and yep. uh, they've been around for ages and ages and they're, yep. it's a great business, but so you're looking to professionally manage that business. Uh, then you've got a couple. What other size yeah. businesses, without getting into too many details, the ones the other board members uh, boards that you're sitting on? Uh, and a couple are uh, bigger businesses, middle market that uh, you, one's in automotive parts, uh, and one's in HVAC, and their family businesses transitioning from one generation to the next. You know, really helping them with strategy and uh, looking at what they can do to grow. Uh, and then another, uh, it's a startup battery chemical business. I got, I was involved with Jumpstart as a mentor. So I was volunteering and one of the companies volunteered for got to the point where he was looking to raise some capital. So, uh, Kelly and I made an investment and I'm now on his board and, you know, different. It's a, it's a, this is a complete startup, you know, zero revenue in, in, uh, the rechargeable battery space. Uh, we have got our first revenue now a year in, which has been great or a couple mm-hmm. years in actually for him. Uh, so it's fun to be involved in businesses with people who want to learn and and hopefully have something to give and, and willing to listen stars. too, right? And they have to be willing to listen. Absolutely, have right, to be Brian? willing to yeah. listen. Yeah. yeah, that's great, Brian. This has been fabulous, ladies and gentlemen. Our our guest today has been Brian D. Gale. He's a board member, consultant, investor. Uh, recently, was the chairman and CEO at a very young age uh, in his uh, mid forties uh, and exited uh, quite well. And now he gives back to the business community. Brian, uh, you're on LinkedIn, I assume? People can look you up? Okay. So you're Brian D. Gale or just Brian Gale? It's at Brian D. Gale. Yeah. Okay. And that's G-A-L-E for all our listeners. Brian, uh, I can't thank you enough. I consider you to be a good friend and uh, really just admired uh, and really 
really uh, just really enjoyed watching you from a distance and uh, great to reconnect with you today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Finish Big Podcast with your host, Mark Dorman. Here's to finishing big. Make it a great day. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes are available. Learn more at LegacyBusinessAdvisors.com or call 330-350-5410. Please be aware the information in these podcasts represent the views and opinions of our guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Legacy Business Advisors. The content is for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your legal or tax professional with any questions regarding your specific situation.